Welcome uh, to the School of the Spirit, and uh, we are talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We've been doing this for uh, a number of months, and we're going to continue to grow in our knowledge of the Holy Spirit, His giftings, and His work in our life. And this month, we are talking about hearing the voice of God, and it is a privilege and an honor to have our best friend uh, with us this, uh, this month. And he actually, I know you know he's written many books, but this book, uh, You Can Hear the Voice of God, is actually a bestseller on the subject. And I, I highly uh, recommend you to go to Steve Sampson's website and, and uh, get a copy of this book. And first of all, let me welcome Steve Sampson. Uh, everybody give him a cheer when you see him on screen, but welcome, Steve. Thank you so much. And the website, if you're interested in the book, is stevesampsonministries.org. So stevesampsonministries.org. Uh, yeah. Like I said, this is a this is a bestseller. This isn't just some book that somebody wrote and gave it to his friends. This has been literally used by God around the world. What prompted you to write this book, and why do you think it's your most popular book? Well, I think everyone has a desire. Jesus said uh, in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say certain sheep or specific sheep. He just expects my sheep to hear my voice. And so if you're a Christian, you should be hearing the Holy Spirit. The number one thing I want to say about that is I just want to encourage everybody to forget sensationalism, to forget spectacular and know that God speaks to you, but it's to your inner man. It's not to your brain. It's to your inner man. And we're going to be discussing several of those ways. But I, was, I love the scripture in 1 Kings 19 because he says to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, broke the rocks in pieces. But the Lord was not in the wind after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And I just think so many people think if God, because God is big, if he speaks, it's going to be spectacular and sensational. But really, it doesn't take any faith to respond to something sensational, but it does take faith to respond to the Holy Spirit who's in your inner man. And the Holy Spirit in your inner man is the spirit of truth. He will never lie to you. He will never deceive you, but he will speak, and it's very, very accurate. Now, this is not your emotions. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit, because in Hebrews 4, it says uh, that the, the sword of the Spirit divides between soul and spirit. In other words, your emotions and then that which is truly God. So one of the best examples, uh, like, you know, how the Holy Spirit speaks is, you know, of course, he talks through the Bible, but in Acts 16, it says when they had gone through Figria and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now you think about that. I thought it was God's will to preach the word. No, it's God's will to obey the Holy Spirit. Now think about it. They had no Bible. They had the Old Testament, but the New Testament hadn't been written. And so they all, these disciples, they had to hear the Holy Spirit. How did they hear? I, I'm sure one of them probably had a, maybe a, a uneasy feeling, uh, like maybe a, just a strong no in their spirit. Uh, maybe, maybe one of them had a dream. Maybe one of them had a picture from the Holy Spirit. Uh, but it said after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So think about it. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't. Ha they had to just totally trust the Holy Spirit. But they were all on the same page. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." After he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to him, to them. So. I have, I've had many experiences uh, through the years where 
God may be sending me someplace. And at other times he said, no, I'm not sending you there. So I have to hear the Holy Spirit. And that's a responsible lifestyle to, to not just go to go, but to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And then the, again, I had a, when I put this book out years ago, and it's been reprinted and revitalized or whatever they call it uh, many times. But the first printing, I had an ad in Charisma magazine to sell the book because it's such an important subject to me. And I just love to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so in the ad in Charisma magazine, the, the name of the book, you can hear the voice of God. And some guy sent me a letter and he says, you don't need to hear the voice of God. You have the Bible. And I thought, that's a classic ignorance, because if you open the Bible, it's going to say, listen to his voice. It's going to say, be led by the Spirit. It's going to say, obey the Holy Spirit. And so it's such ignorance to say, well, all we need is the word. But the word tells us, pay attention to the Spirit. And to add to that, in Deuteronomy 8, it said, verse 3, every commandment I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, you shall remember that the Lord led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know any uh, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know that your fathers, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So thank God for the Bible, because the Bible is the bread. It's the the written word, and we should study it, we should uh, search it out, we should memorize it, but along with the word of God, we also have the communication, the fellowship, the walking, listening to the Holy Spirit, that he, he took him through all these processes that he said that I, he might make us know that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So there's a proceeding word daily that tells us and directs us and leads us and guides us and i was asking people a while back you know how do you know you're a christian you know i mean you read the bible but how do you know you're a believer you know how do you know you're going to heaven and and not to hell well well i followed these scriptures i obeyed these scriptures but you know the beauty of it is romans 8 16 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If children then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we, we may that we may also be glorified together. So there's a living, active Holy Spirit in your life. If you had no Bible, there would you'd feel that life in you. You would know that he lives in you. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the Bible. But we also have the witness of the Holy Spirit. So uh that's kind of like, like I like to say, yes, we hear through the word of God. That's one way God speaks to us. But we also have these principles of that man does not live by bread alone, but every man that's proceeds. So there's continually the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, there's going to be times you just hear the Holy Spirit. You're directed by the Holy Spirit. You're led by the Holy Spirit. You see by the Holy Spirit. You hear sentences. You know, we'll talk about some of those things. Yeah, I think that's what I've always appreciated about. Steve, you and your ministry is such a such a high value to the Word of God, and and a high value on hearing the preceding Word of God or the 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 speaking of the Spirit. Because uh, I, I see it both ways. A lot of my friends right. have a very high view of 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 the Word and a low view of hearing the voice of the Spirit, or they have a high view of hearing the voice of the Spirit but a lower view of the Word. And right. I, I like that you've always had that high view. And that you've always taught, because um, a lot of people could say, well, of course, the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul. You know, of course, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, Steve. But, you know, to me, just a regular Christian, that you've always said, no, you can hear the voice of God. It's not just a book title. It's part of who you are. It's very important. And, you know, I think the number one thing in Christianity is most people who love God, they believe God, but they suffer with unworthiness. And I just love James 5 because he says to every one of us, because you have to know God wants to talk to you. You have to know 
he's made you worthy. You didn't have anything to do with it, but he did it for you. So he says in James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, in other words, you, you need to know some wisdom from God. He said, let him ask of God who gives all to, to all liberally and without reproach. In other words, he doesn't say that's a stupid question or whatever. He said, it will be given him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And I like to put out this way, a double-minded man is a man with two minds. One mind is, I believe God loves me. I believe God wants to talk to me. I believe God is my best friend. I believe he wants fellowship with me. But another mind might say, yeah, but I feel like a failure. I, I feel unworthy today. I, I feel like God's disappointed me. God's mad at me. That's being a double-minded man. So he says, if you lack wisdom, if you need to hear God on any subject, he will give it to you liberally and without reproach. But don't doubt by saying, well, I'm unworthy or I'm just a failure, but believe what the Bible says about you. That's so good. I, I just, yeah. And, and that is a message we have to receive in our heart, right? That we, we love God and, and, um, so we, we don't have a lot of time with Steve, so I'm, we're going to jump into his book. And I know Steve likes talking about this because uh, you can see him getting excited and his iPad is going up and down. So if you could just study that just a, just a hair. But, but we are excited about this, yeah. this message because it, it is so powerful. And inside the book, the reason I want you to get the book is because we're going to literally spend just a couple minutes on each of these nine things. Right. Uh, so So what you're about to receive is just a fraction of what you'll get in the book. So, uh, but I do, do want to just spend this time with Steve. And first of all, thank you, Steve, for taking this time. You're always so generous with our congregation and our church family. And, and we desperately uh, love you and want you to come back and, and be with us. But um, just, I know we, we've already talked a little bit about it. If you have anything else to say, you can say it or we can move on to the next one. But the idea of that, it, that, that God speaks through his written word and proceeding word. Like I said, we, I know we just talked about that. Uh, it, but do you want to add anything to that? Well, just to say that God talks every time. And if you're a, just a normal Christian, should have daily experiences. You know, the Lord spoke to me. I felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit. I I was praying and I saw this picture. There should be different experiences. Uh, I prayed about something and the peace of God overwhelmed me and so forth. So it should be normal Christianity. And again, forget the sensational because the Holy Spirit is very, I, I like to say sometimes maybe he's just unassuming. He just quiet. I remember I told you that one time. I asked the Lord, why is your voice so quiet? And he said, immediately, he said, because I'm at perfect peace. <laughs> We're full of anxiety and anxiousness and whatever, but God's at peace. So if you're in strife, if you're in uh, anxiety, if you're in fear, it's going to be more difficult to hear the Holy Spirit, but to enter into peace. Yeah, I remember you saying that back in the day, and that stuck with me, that, that he lives at that state of a perfect peace and, and to enter into that. Uh, uh, I think it's Isaiah 26, 13, or but yeah. he keeps our minds of peace or our minds are peace when they're stayed on him. I, I can't remember yeah. it off the top of my head, but just so beautiful. Um, so good. And, and it reminds us, I, I need to be in his word. I need to be in prayer. I need to be in relationship mm -hmm. with him. It's not that I'm doing my devotions to do something. I, I'm, I'm staying in close relationship so that right. I can hear his voice. Yeah. Right. Peace. And uh, a friend of mine said, uh, an agitated mind is a barrier to the thoughts of God. Mm. I, I just thought that's so good. And then he also said, many, most of us live divorced from our insides. In other words, our, the Holy Spirit in us, and we're divorced from that. We, we, we live apart from that. Actually, I think it was Andrew Womack that said, we're asking God to put us in a room that we're already standing in. You know, it's like, we're there. He's here. He's, he's paid the, paid the price to keep us in fellowship hmm. that, all the time. 
so so let's move on to the next one because that kind of fits with it because you talked right. about our mind um that he speaks to us uh through his thoughts and so uh i want you to talk about that for a moment and then also just there's so many believers that i talk to that say well i'm not sure if, if it's god speaking or if it's just something i'm thinking so uh, if you could speak to that a little bit well that's a real healthy question and one way i know that if it's you know, because God gives thoughts, uh, Psalm 139, you know, your thoughts unto me are numerous. And, and then in Amos 4, 13, uh, God said he declares to man what his thought is. And so thoughts are God's vehicle many, many, many times to talk to us. But guess who else uses thoughts? The devil gives tormenting thoughts. The devil gives anxious thoughts. The devil gives unbelieving thoughts. So He's tried to hijack God's system of tongue to us. So we discern those thoughts. And the favorite thing with me is it'll drop in. A thought will drop in. Like I wasn't thinking about anything. And all of a sudden this thought came to me. And usually that's the Holy Spirit because it almost interrupts you. And then I like to say that uh, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told me once that, it anesthetizes the brain because our brain is like a loud radio and it's like a blaring and blaring and analyzing and thinking and thinking all the time. But the Holy Spirit, if praying in the spirit, quiets that brain down so you can hear God's thoughts. And uh, my sister was standing at her kitchen sink in 1968 and she just doing dishes and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke Robert F. Kennedy is going to be assassinated. And he was a wonderful senator. He probably would have been a president of the United States, but uh, it was just like a thought came to her, just clear, crystal clear. And then three weeks later, he was assassinated. And nothing catches God by surprise. And God tells us things that he wants us to know. Um, I told you guys when I was there before about how my wife goes through the mail real quick and she throws it away because she said, most of it's junk mail. And the Lord said to me, most of your thoughts are junk mail. You're just, you're letting thoughts come in that are junk mail. So we have to discern between the two. Romans eight says that the carnal mind or the meat mind, carnal is M-A-S-A-R-X, it means meat. But the meat mind is enmity against god so god doesn't want our input that way he because most of us we take a thing and reason it analyze it and it's it says it's uh, offensive to god all right i call it the meat mind or the meathead you know the but on the other hand isaiah 55 said my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and that doesn't mean they're unattainable it just means they're higher god has better thoughts and so forth a friend of mine said there's an he said one way to do you don't have to just fast from food why don't you fast from your thoughts <laughs> you know and just go on a fast See, i'm not going to think those kind of thoughts anymore i'm not going to dwell on anything that's questioning and negative and making taking away my peace so thoughts are one way uh god speaks one yeah. morning when I was first a believer, uh, he, it just came to me. I came out of sleep and he said these, he said a sentence to me and that's, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he said, those looking to heaven are missing it. Then there was a pause. And then he said, I'm looking for those who have the living water running through them. And that was a thought from God, but it was, and so in our life, Pastor, we have to learn to weigh things and discern things. And the question like, how do I know it's my thought or God's thought? Well, that's you test it out. Does it go along with the word? Did it interrupt what I was thinking? Uh, you know, did it did it bring encouragement, edification? But usually I, I call it it's out of the blue. God will yeah. speak to you. I think it's so good. And a lot of times... Uh... You know, we we put so much weight on is this thought from God or not from God? Should mm -hmm. I do this or not do this? And I, my thing is, if it if it's you know what good and pleasing and 
if it is in line with God's word, even if it's your own thought and you act on it, I think God sees that, that faith that you took a step of faith. Right. Right. And, and, and I, I like what you say sometimes like experiment with this and maybe, maybe maybe explain that to people. So, because um i want people to hear the voice of god we're going to practice hearing the voice of god so so maybe teach us how to experiment with this before we go on well one way is to ask the lord questions um and you know just the question comes up and just close your eyes sit there a minute pray in the spirit and just ask the lord a question and see what comes to you and and many times it comes so easy that we we dismiss it and you know, we live that way, like I say, divorced from our insides. And so if you ask God, expect him to answer you. And so the trial and error is good because it's okay to miss it. It's okay. We have to have room to exercise that. And, but if you do miss it, admit it, don't try to defend yourself, you know? And so the Holy Spirit is is very uh, gentle that way. And he's very, you know, accommodating. He's very, but it is a process. You're not, you're not going to, you're going to get more and more sensitive and you start trusting your inner man more than you trust your brain. Mm-hmm. One thing I always say to people, your emotions are liars. They will lie to you every time. And so we, we learn to pay attention to the inside. Listen to your insights. That's good. And yeah. And I, I like that permission to, you know, make a mistake and there's grace and also just that and that's something i've always appreciated about your ministry uh steve is there's a humility and a love to it so that hey if i'm wrong i'm wrong but but i'm 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 doing the best i can and god is leading me and and uh obviously it's been tried and true with you and so if you're you're watching this or, or listening just know that uh, this isn't for a chosen few. This is for all of us to to step out in faith uh, and allow God to speak to us in our thoughts. So I love that. So, yeah, and again, unworthiness eclipses. Well, God would never talk to me. That's a lie. The whole, if you're a Christian, you're a child of God, God wants to talk to you and he is talking to you. Yeah, and all the so, time. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. And so we can enjoy, it's to be enjoyed and the fellowship, you know, one time uh, I asked the Lord something about, why don't you turn the volume up? Why don't you talk louder? And he, this is so clever, but he said, lovers don't yell in each other's ears. Wow. You know, you don't scream at your wife and say, I love you. You know, you, but there's a gentle sweetness and a, and a knowing. And the helper, the Holy Spirit is on this earth to help us, not to hurt us, not to make it more difficult. He's here to help us. So I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm dumb. You're going to have to make this plainer. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to do, but I acknowledge you, you know. That's beautiful. Thanks, Steve. Uh, the next one in your book is that he speaks to us through words of knowledge. Now we've uh, taught on words of knowledge, but it's been, it's been a couple months since we had that teaching. So, so how does God speak through words of knowledge? Knowledge is nothing that you have learned it's you know it's something you don't know one minute and you do know the next minute and so it's just dropped in uh by the holy spirit and and i could look at somebody and have a word of knowledge uh, recently i the girl told me that she's a pastor's wife but she's a dental hygienist and i was standing there and just said i heard this that somebody present among us is allergic to latex it's just like knowledge and she said she breaks out in a terrible rash anytime she puts on latex gloves. She said she'd never had it break out ever again since that. But it was just a word of knowledge. But it's not something you learn and study. It's just the way the Holy Spirit just tells you something that you wouldn't know, that you'd have no way of knowing. Uh, oh, so, is, is that something, <clears throat> excuse me, Steve, is that something you would uh ask god for in the moment or is it just something he reveals in the moment both uh there's times when you know we're praying about things and we just get a knowledge uh about it one time my wife was she was having such back pain and she had to take a trip to nashville and she was about ready to cancel and we just said lord what do we do and 
immediately that knowledge came about Luke 17 about the lepers. That verse says, as they went, they were healed. And that came up as a word of knowledge. And sure enough, she took the trip. And as she went to the airport, she began to feel healing. And she had a real hard bed where she was going. And it just functioned for an entire week. And But he said, as you go, you'll be healed. And that was a word of knowledge. So it's wonderful. It just, uh, it, it's just so exciting to me. It's such an adventure to, to just hear the Holy Spirit. I like that word adventure, you know, that, that it's, that it's an adventure. It's a faith is an adventure, right? I mean, the, everything and, and that faith, that adventure, it pleases God. Uh, next one in your book is that God speaks through his words in your spirit. So through words in your spirit, maybe explain that. Well, people, sometimes they write articles and pages and pages of what God has said most of the time. If I hear God, it's just one little short sentence or one word. And like a long sentence was that one that I woke up that morning and I heard those looking to heaven are missing it. I'm looking to those who have the living water flow. That was a sentence. Uh, there's like, oh, recently I was in a church and I just heard foot surgery. And so, you know, here and who has something that God wants to touch somebody that's had to have foot surgery or the other day in Southern Illinois, I, I just, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about heartburn and that sounded so ridiculous. This woman had such severe heartburn. She was going in within three days to have major surgery because of heartburn. And it was just an answer for her. So it's uh, knowledge, words of knowledge are just wonderful. And, and, uh, and those, the, the words in your spirit is, is that, do you see the word or do you hear uh, the word? both uh, okay i see more often than i hear but there's uh there's these short sentences um one time i was speaking in wisconsin and gonna speak to a pretty good sized crowd that night and i heard the holy spirit in a sentence he said do you know why they don't have the gold mm. and i said with tremendous intellect i said no he said they they welcome me, but they don't follow me. And it was just a sentence. And it was just real clear. Uh, and God just saying, this is, this is how I see this group of people. Wow. They're all doing the welcoming, but they're not following. And it was just a sentence. So the, a lot of times when I'm ministering, I'll, I'll just get a real short phrase or short sentence. Uh, you know, about recently I heard that 2024 was going to be a year of gold. That's all he said. It's going to be a year of gold. And so I just thank God for that because then I got dwelling on it like, hey, 2024, 24 karat gold, you know, oh, and wow. just, yeah. but, but that's all he said. It's going to be a year of gold. And so then as I meditate on it, then more and more thing comes because I start seeing people having breakthroughs and, hmm. you know, just amazing increase and so forth. So good. And so those are words. Now, how does God speak through pictures and visions? Because that's the next thing in your book. Right. Well, Acts 2 says your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, sons and daughters will prophesy. And so the, uh, the pictures comes from Hosea chapter 12, chapter 10, verse 12. And it says, God said, I've spoken by the prophets and I've multiplied similitudes and visions the word similitude is a word hebrew dama d-a-m-a-h and it means mental pictures mental images so many times when i'm praying you know people say well i had a vision really most of the time you didn't have a vision you had a similitude or a picture a two-dimensional thing but they're very 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 accurate and a lot of times uh, you know a picture's worth a thousand words so you might be praying about something and all of a sudden you just kind of see a picture. If, if I was sitting with everybody tonight in a room and said, let's all pray about this subject, probably several people would say, man, as we're praying, I see this picture and it would be very descriptive. Sometimes you have to have the interpretation, but most of the time they're so obvious that the Holy spirit is telling you uh, just something very accurate. And one guy that, he suffered and suffered and suffered. And I told him, I prayed for him and I saw him like an old car. 
<laughs> and it was dented up and it was beat up. And I just said, that's your life. You've been dented up and beat up, but you're going to live a long time. And he did. And God didn't heal him instantly, but it was just a beautiful picture. It was kind of comical because, and, and he just said, he'd been through so much hell, physical problems. And yet God said, well, you're going to live, but you're like an old car that's been got a lot of dents in it and so yeah. forth. And I don't understand why, you know, God could flip his finger and raise up anybody in a second. But so, so when you when you see the the picture in 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 the mind and the spirit gives it to you, do you ask the spirit for clarification or do you share it with them and say, does this make sense or how does yeah, that work? All of the above, because it's a the Holy Spirit. I don't know how he has time for any person that prays, but he'll give a descriptive picture Uh you know, I see you going to the doctor, but but I see the doctor just like waving his hand like you're fine. And it, then that'll come to pass. Or you, you can just see a thousand things like I I'm praying about going to a meeting and I just see a waterfall like crazy. I know that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to flow. It's not complicated. It's simple. But these things come so easy that we, uh, you know, we think we're probably think we're making them up or we got a wild imagination but but pictures are a wonderful way um that's probably the most common way i hear from god is hmm. if i pray about something i'll just see a picture and it's described in sometimes you'll say lord i'm not sure what that means and other times you'll just know immediately what it means it's hmm. good uh next one in your book is that he speaks to us through dreams yeah and Dreams can be, they, they can be instructional. They can be prophetic, like something's going to happen. They can be warnings. Uh, they, but, or they can just be a kind like God teaching you. And so it's, I, I always ask the Lord for dreams. It's good to write them down. And then sometimes you'll just know, as you kind of meditate on it within the next 24 hours, you'll start understanding more and more. But, uh, the dreams are just amazing because they're, you know, your brain is involved because you were asleep, you know, so they're like a gift from God. And uh, sometimes you'll have a dream about somebody, you know, and sometimes you'll have a dream about maybe something about the nation or in just something not to do and something you're supposed to do. But again, interpretation is necessary, but it's really usually not very hard to understand, you know, and, in one of the chapters in the Voice of God book, I talk about all those symbols that are like, you know, blue represents the depth of the spirit. Like if you look in air, it doesn't, it's clear, but in depth, the sky is blue. Water is, if you just pick up a cup of water, it's, it's neutral. But when you look at it in depth, it's blue. And so blue represents the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's just something I've learned, you know, and then there's white, white too represents purity and depth. But I have all these symbols. Um, mm -hmm. If you see somebody with, like I've seen a picture, I, I, I'd say to a brother, I just see you wearing guns like a cowboy with a, and, and it means authority. God's given you his authority. And there's different, God is so practical. And it just, so if you, if you just say, Holy Spirit, just give me understanding what that means. He doesn't say you're to go out and buy guns. He's just saying that represents authority mm -hmm. and so forth. So, don't overcomplicate it. I say that to everybody. So if if somebody was looking for some help in interpreting dreams, it sounds like your book has a few helps in it uh, right. in that chapter. So yeah, about that. a lot of things are symbolic, you know, of, of uh, a lot of people said, man, I saw yellow everywhere in my dream. And I said, well, that's joy. joy yellow is always joy. Hmm. And black is usually tradition or bondage sometimes black hair for example can represent strength so you have to rep you know you just see it but they're all kind of very practical yeah and i and i, I like that we we allow the holy spirit to help us interpret the dream when we don't know yeah just say holy spirit what does it mean and and for me i know it may be strange to some people but i've, I've really never had trouble sleeping and and i but i don't dream i i know i dream but I don't, I literally right. wake up and I don't remember my dream. Like I remember there was something happening in my dream, but I don't remember my dream. And then when I do remember my dreams, it's almost always 
I don't know if I could say always, but almost always something the Lord wants to speak to me or to someone else. And, right. and, uh, and, and it is interesting because uh, there you're right. There is this little bit of, okay, I understand the dream, but for me, I had a dream at the beginning of this year, I actually shared it in one of our, our first Tuesday prayer meetings. And it really wasn't until I think last month or the month before where the full revelation of what that dream meant came to me through the spirit. The spirit yeah. said, no, this is, we're going to, we're going to take a deeper dive into that dream now. And for me to remember a dream a year later, obviously that, that was from, from the spirit. That's a good thing to, I'm glad you said that because if it's from the Lord, it'll stay with you. It, it, and I always write them down, but usually you can think about it a month later and still picture it, you know? And one time I had a dream, I was giving birth to a baby and I thought, man, I'm not going to tell anybody this dream. And, and uh, then a few days later, I led a friend of mine to the Lord. And then a few days after that, I thought, wait a minute, I dreamed that I gave birth. <laughs> so, but it's so God is so practical. I was giving birth to a, you know, but it, in the, in the natural, it seems ridiculous, but right. You know. You're just like, okay, God, this is, where's this one going? But I get yeah, it. Right. And the thing I love about, you know, the, the visions, the dreams, I mean, you talked about Paul, he would have never gone over into Macedonia without that vision. And, right. you know, that's, that's modern day Europe. And, and it seems as though Paul on that, that particular missionary journey was just content to kind of gone where he had already gone and build mm -hmm. up the faith of those people. But God says, no, I want you to take the gospel even farther. So our faith, the early church, uh, Christianity spread because yeah. of a dream, because of a vision. Yeah. That yeah. God God wants to use those to expand his kingdom beyond what you have planned to do. Right. And then I'm thinking of the, what they were going through as believers, like say there's five or six of them standing there and they're all having this conversation man, I don't feel right about this, or, well, what do you mean you don't feel right? It's God's will to preach, you know? And then other ones say, you know, too, I had a funny, it, you know, there was just a knowing. Mm -hmm. well, that, it actually leads us to to our next um, thing in your book. I have it written down here, uh, through peace, that God leads us through peace that, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, well, peace is, is definitely one way God speaks, uh, because, um if if Daryl, you said to me, Steve, I want you to go. Uh, I want you to go to California with me. To the, and I could say, you know, Daryl, I really want to go, but I don't have peace. Well, I thought you were a Christian. No, I I don't have the peace. I have the peace of God. I have peace with God, but I don't have the peace of God about this trip going to California. So there's a peace with God. We all have then there's a peace of God. And then Colossians 3 verse 15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And that word, which is as most people know, it means act as an umpire. So the umpire, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm giving you peace about this decision, but I'm not giving you peace about that decision. So the lack of peace is God saying no. And the, the and peace also can be when you're just flooded with peace, you know, God's guiding me. You've seen it in funerals where people have they they should just be in terrible torment and they're just standing there with peace and peace that can't be explained. I love it. And you ever think about this? Jesus never said, I'm leaving my love with you or I'm leaving my joy with you. He said, I'm leaving my peace with you. So many people are suffering with anxiety. I mean, just especially the younger generation, just tremendous anxiety. And of course, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And yet people are agitated. So the devil's stealing that peace. And I love it because, man, when I pray about certain things, I'll have such a peace. But when there's a lack of peace, you better, you better obey that because God's just saying, I'm not in that. I'm not sending you there. I'm not doing that, you know, and don't confuse that with fear. But, but realize the Holy Spirit is your best friend. He's talking to you. He's guiding you. And if he's saying there's no peace, then pay attention. Amen. And, and how does that relate to the next one in your book, The Inner Witness? Well, 
again, that scripture I quoted a while ago that we, uh, we have the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, and if we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. So the inner witness, it's very strong. You can pay, pay attention to it. Like, I think one example would have been Jesus talking to Nathaniel. He just met him and immediately he said, there, there's behold an Israelite in whom is no guile. Jesus had a witness about Nathaniel, that he was a, he was a man who wasn't full of whatever, you know, and he was, and so there's a, and then a, a good example of the opposite is in Acts 8, when Peter and John were sent down to pray for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. And this sorcerer, Simon, a former sorcerer said, give me this, here's money, give me this power so I can do this. I can lay hands on people. And, and, and Peter, again, his spirit must have just been checked. And he said, uh, there's no witness. In other words, you're not, your heart's not right with God. And you better repent and maybe God will forgive you. And he didn't, if he was in the flesh, he would have said, well, how much money do you have for the guy? I mean, the guy's offering them money. And Peter said, nope. You're, and he literally said to hell with your money. He said, your heart's not right with God. And so there was obviously no witness. And I've been around people. We all have where they, they talk to you and talk to you and go on and on. It's like, well, my spirit is just in my shoelaces. I don't bear witness to what you're saying. Hmm. And other times somebody will come up and uh, just just have such a word from the Lord or something they experience and just you're, immediately your spirit bears witness. So our spirit is alive. And a mentor told me years ago, she said, don't she said, I don't care if 10 angels stand in front of you. Don't always trust your inner man. Your inner man is correct. The Holy Spirit in you is never going to lie to you. He's very, very accurate. And if, if he's witnessing, it's good. If he's not witnessing it, then you better pay attention. That gives us freedom, too, when we receive a word from the Lord from another person mm -hmm. um, to not condemn them and put them down, but just basically like, hey, I'm this isn't bearing witness of my spirit, you know, so we don't have to be like, oh, well, they said God told them this for me. Yeah. If it's right. not bearing witness, you can just you can just pass that on and put it on the shelf or something, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. I've just seen people prophesy and the first half of their prophecy is real good. And then sometimes I feel like the second half, they just start adding to it out of their own flesh, yeah. you know? Right. You know, so uh, yeah, okay. just, we're human, right? We're yeah, human. We're human. Yeah. Last one. Cause I, and thank you for your time, Steve, this has sure. been so rich and, and uh, just kind of, kind of picking your brain here. And, and the last one in your book is in your conscience, that God speaks to us in our conscience. Maybe explain yeah. that. Well, if our heart does not condemn us, it says in First John, we have confidence toward God. So my best description of a conscience, I think it's one way God speaks. In other words, if you are in a store and the person gives you back too much change, do you just you you have a decision right there you think man i'll keep that extra five dollars for myself or your conscience might immediately say no that's not right that that money does not belong to me the bible talks about having your conscience seared with a hot iron so the the holy spirit is always always available to uh move our conscience like uh you know i was real hard on somebody the other day and my conscience is bothering me so i need to I need to go to that person and make it right. Uh, and I just believe it's one of those nine or 10 ways God speaks to us and your conscience bothers you. Uh, that's if, if God hadn't given that gift to man, I mean, everybody would be, everybody would be stealing and reckless and crooked and, and everything. But if, if we would obey our conscience, you know, just like a, uh, you know, a temptation in a sexual experience, your, your conscience would bother you say, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, and not just the word says don't fornicate or have adultery, but your conscience would say this doesn't feel right. And even sinners have a conscience and they, 
they know right from wrong just because of a conscience, you know, and, uh, you know, illicit sex and all kinds of stealing and lying. I think everybody, and, but we sear it because we ignore it and we just throw our people, throw their life away. I always say everybody on this earth gets one life. You can do anything you want with it, but you only get one, you know? So being, you know, that's a gift from God to me. He gave us a conscience. Yeah. And it's, and we were seeing in a, in the weird world in which we live, how many consciences are being, being seared, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, good is called evil and evil is called good. How oh. do we, how do we keep that, that pure heart, that, that good conscience before the Lord? One of the truths in, there's a lot of principles we're talking about here, but I was saying to someone the other day, you know, I can take my car key and, and just say, here's my car key. And it weighs maybe a half an ounce, but it's dependent on moving that $3,000, that 3000 pound car. So these are keys. It's a good key to follow your conscience. It's a good key to yield to the peace of God. And, uh, if you don't think a key is important, just try to use your car without a key. Good luck pushing it, you know, because that little tiny key is dependent. And so God gives us keys. And one time in church, I heard the Holy spirit during worship. He said, I've given you the weapon of praise. And that was a, that's just true. I use that a lot because I just think, Oh, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to praise the Lord. Always remember, I want to say this to everyone, the Holy Spirit is the helper. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us. But the Holy Spirit is on the earth here to help us. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to lead you. He's he's there. He's there to help us, guide us, lead us. And he has our best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. I can boldly say that he has our best interest in mind. That's- yeah. Say we won't be tested sometimes, but he has our best interest in mind. Hallelujah. I, I love it. So I know you you've given you've given us even more time than I asked for. And I'm I'm so grateful oh, for, for you, Steve, and just all it, it, we could never say thank you enough as a church family or or me as a friend. But maybe would you just mind praying for us? You know, because I, I we're gonna do some exercises uh in in this school of the spirit on hearing the voice of god um just pray and as you're praying even teach us just just yeah you know pray that we can hear the voice of god so i will and one thing i've noticed is if you're with a group of people and pray as you pray after you finish praying what did you hear did did the holy spirit tell you something did the holy spirit show you something did you sense something that's exercising it and it's good with another person. When I pray with my wife, I say, what did you hear? What did, what did you tell you? And, you know, we that's common. So, Lord, we just pray for everyone watching this that they will become more sensitive to listening to your voice and not feel threatened and be willing to take chances. And, and Lord, to exercise this listening to the Holy Spirit that it becomes real. And you said you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And Lord, we just ask that this become, for every person listening, this become normal experience, normal Christianity to relate to the Holy Spirit. We just agree about this in Jesus' name. And one last thing, Pastor, I was going to say about, I talk about this in the book, but just say you have a just say you, you're looking for a job and you have three job offers. I just call them A, B, and C. So pray. You say, well, I don't know which job to take. Well, sit down and say, Lord, I'm going to talk to you about job A and see what you feel, see what you sense, and see what you see, and then jot it down. And then say, now, Lord, show me about job B. And then pray about that. Pray in the spirit. See what you see. See what you hear. What do you feel? And then pray about C. And write them all down. And then at the end of it, it's probably going to be obvious which one the Holy Spirit is favoring or prompting you to. And it's amazing how accurate it be. But don't pray about all the people in China and, and you know, groceries. and Because always ask the Lord one question at a time. 
and then let him talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. And then ask him another question, then let him talk to you about that. It just simplifies it all because if you ask God, tell God a hundred things, if he answers you, you don't know what he's referring to, which of your subjects. And so I believe everyone's going to experience this. Yeah, we are going to experience it. And one, I know we got to close, but one teaching you gave when you were talking about the A, B, and C uh, uh, illustration one time is that you said, when you're praying, keep your mind in neutral. Right. And maybe you could explain that because we're not talking about emptying our mind like some no. Zen Buddhist kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but but we're putting our, our mind in neutral. Mm -hmm. Explain what you meant by that. Well, almost like, Lord, I want your mind. I don't have an opinion in this situation. I just want to know what you're saying. Lord, I'm wide open to not do this. I'm wide open to do this. And so the neutral, it just gives God room. And if you're real opinionated, if you've already made up your mind, there's no use to pray because God won't, he'll honor your own decision, but it just to neutral those thoughts. And you can even say, Lord, this is what I really want to do. I'm real excited about this, but what do you say? And say you're making a big purchase of a car or something and you think, but Lord, what do you say? And God, he might, if he tells you different, he may have a much better deal for you if you just keep your mind in neutral and listen. So uh, it's just, I think a good word, an antonym is opinion, you know, because we, we can have such strong opinions about things, but Holy Spirit, you're smarter than I am. He knows, believe me, he knows. If he has our hairs on our head counted, he's, he's smart, you know, so. Those are, those are wise words. And thank you for taking time to help us hear the voice of the, the spirit and, and uh, we're going to dive into that in just a moment with everyone. But again, last uh, last plug. And Steve didn't ask me to do this. I'm I'm asking you to do this, to go to Steve's website, uh, get this book. Um, we talked maybe a half hour, maybe a little bit more. I, but uh, this book has so much more for for you. Steve, one more time, the website where they can get this. Yeah, stevesampsonministries.org. And it'll come up the bookstore there and so forth. So I know it'll encourage you and bless you. In fact, Very. people that have read the book say they've started having experiences they've never had before. So I love it. God yeah. wants to give you more. Well, thank you, Steve. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you in person in 2024. I agree. Uh, it's going to be a golden year, right? Yes, so. it is. Can't wait. <laughs> All, All right. right.